Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm interrupting Julia Monin. I was you interrupting you. You were kind of talking about something, and then I was like, I'm done with that. Let's start. <laughs> well, that's good, because I don't know what I was talking about anyway, okay. so it deserves it, it, to be interrupted. All right. Well, I, I'm Father Sean Wilson, yeah. and I'm lacking charity, evidently, today. <laughs> so, uh, And I'm Julia Monin, and I always lack charity, so... so. <laughs> Come on, Canal. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. So. Right. Gosh, what's new? Everything. Do you know last week when we recorded, did he have a beard last week? He did. So this is his first episode without the Mm. beard? Okay. Yeah. I asked that earlier, but I just, and you said you thought it was, but I guess I didn't trust you. (laughs) I guess I didn't trust you because I felt the need to ask her. I'm sorry about that. I told you I lack charity most days. Yeah. Somebody the other day was giving me a very nice compliment of, just randomly out of the blue, just like a random text of something about being amazing or something. And I just went ahead and said, no, <laughs> that can't be further from the truth. Yeah. If there's anything amazing in me, it must be God. So let's mm. join me in praising God together because I assure you that's not true. Okay. But you can that's, see, ladies and gentlemen, let me just, uh, instructive moment. That is not how you receive a compliment. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. harsh, and that's I don't harsh. know anything that happened in that conversation. Right, right. So that was a little cruel on my yeah. part. Yeah, hmm. I think I said thank you first. Okay, and then I think I said let's glorify God together. Sure. Right. Okay. So yeah, but thank you. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Alleluia. Can we get back to your beard? <laughs> if we have to. I mean, you Where shaved it, and I just think it took like twenty years off your life or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's twenty. 20. I mean, because that makes you what seven or something like yeah. that. You're pretty young, <laughs> but you definitely like you. It has this a beard on you has this. It's like a magical thing. Like I don't want to say magical, but you it ages you tremendously. And then you yeah. shave, and it's like oh yeah, you don't look. Who's young. that young priest? Who's that here? young guy that yeah. is here? Does yeah. anyone else think that? Oh, okay, uh, not alone. Okay, all right. Anyway. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, but it's just the way it is. I so if you want the, so yeah. I woke up Tuesday morning mm-hmm. thinking like, yeah, this thing's done. Okay. But I'll give it a day, and then I woke up Wednesday morning. I was like, yeah, I think we're done. Okay. So it's just one of those things that <clears throat> you just kind of make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, purely, actually, I was kind of in a mood that I wanted to do just something based off my feelings. You know, of just like I want to, mm-hmm. I just want to do something, mm-hmm. just to do something, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and like a life decision, mm-hmm. but knowing full well, you generally don't make life decisions in those sorts of mm-hmm. head spaces. Mm-hmm. But I figured this one's kind of a little one, mm-hmm. you know, in the grand scheme of things, Absolutely. right? Like, um, shaving the beard, is shaving the beard is a minimal life decision <laughs> that actually when I did, I was like, oh, that's better. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't anything beard related. It was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that is like deep. Wow, I was not expecting that to go there. I just thought it was going to be something like, well, it's starting to get hot. So the beard goes when it gets hot outside. Well, yeah. I honestly thought I might like, I thought I might make it through the summer, Mm. Um, but I didn't. Mm. So here we are. Wow. Well, thanks for enlightening us. Um, And thank you for not like shaving something goofy and just shaving it all off too. I feel Mm. like I should thank you for that. You're welcome. Because you had opportunities to... I figured I already did that this year. Yeah. Like I the did mohawk. the mohawk this year. I was mm. like, you know, let's It's been played. Yeah. Let's uh let's just not be that guy <laughs> all my life. Just like once a year. Right. Yeah. Let's keep people guessing. Yeah. <laughs> when you do something normal and people are surprised, right? Mm. My life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well All right, we done with the beard? I'm done with that. Yeah, okay. we can move on. Let's move on.
pray? Yeah. Okay. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, uh, during this Easter season, we give you thanks for um, the gift of new life, for giving hope in the midst of darkness, giving strength in the midst of fear, and giving light in the midst of darkness. Pray for all of those who are struggling with believing that you rose from the dead, that you may send forth the Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds and our hearts. And we entrust this time into Mary's hands and into the intercession of John Paul II. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I have a double shout out to make. Oh, gosh, let's yeah. do it for me. And forget. it's a double shout out because something important happened in this person's life uh-huh. and their regular listener and this, I guess, triple, they uh, they commented on how much they liked the last episode. Okay. Deacon Jeff Little well, was just ordained yeah. a deacon. So congratulations, yeah. Yeah. Deacon Jeff. And right. thanks for the uh, the positive feedback. Yeah. So. Was it because you threw the dart on the resurrection thing and we got super excited about it? That was probably the part he liked. Uh, I, he, he mentioned the podcast about purity. He just found it insightful. Well, good. So, it was insightful. Yeah. So I don't think it was the dart. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we did get really excited about where you threw that dart though. I did. Yeah. And did. congratulations, Deacon Jeff Little. Mm-hmm. He's already hard at work in our parishes. He is. Yeah. yeah. He's the deacon at first communion. Mm-hmm. He helped a, a visiting priest last weekend. Mm-hmm. He had his first baptism. Like mm-hmm. this is what you call hit the ground a running. <laughs> well, the visiting priest asked him, so if you were just ordained a deacon a week ago, this is probably your first mass that you've been at assisting. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was at mass Sunday after I was ordained. I'm like, we don't mess around here. Yeah. What do you think? What are you just ordained just to sit on the right, bench? Get in the game, boy. Right. Nah. I would never call him boy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So So anyway, we did you did do an excellent job. An amazing job throwing that dart last mm, week, landing it you. on the wreck. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus' resurrection. Uh-huh. Historically. Uh, the historical it really it's a historical and transcendent event. It really happened. Mm. It took place. And here's what the catechism has to say about it. Paragraph six thirty eight to six forty six, I believe. Or six forty seven. Mm-hmm. Six forty seven. And so, where's this at in the Catechism Project? So this is in the Creed, the first sections. The Creed, uh, he rose from the dead on the third day. He descended into hell on the third day he rose again. That's the section in the Catechism. That's where we are. He rose. Here we go. All right. We bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this day he has fulfilled to us their children by raising Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus is the crowning truth of our faith in Christ a faith believed and lived as the central truth by the first Christian community, handed on as fundamental by tradition, established by the documents of the New Testament, and preached as an essential part of the Paschal mystery along with the cross. Christ is risen from the dead. Dying, he conquered death. To the dead, he has given life. The resurrection of Jesus is the crowning truth of our faith in Christ. Remember that when we talked about the resurrection episode a couple times ago, like Mm -hmm. Paul's words? If Christ has not been raised, everything's in vain. Yeah. Our faith's in vain. The preaching is yeah, in vain. Yeah, this podcast is in vain. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. But he's risen truth. from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is center. And you read that all throughout the New Testament. And mm-hmm. you're like the Acts of the Apostles, just all over the place. They're talking about the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That's mm-hmm. what drives them. That's what motivates them. That's the, the content of their preaching. That's what gives them courage in the midst of darkness. Um, that this is everything. The mm-hmm. fact that he died, he really died mm-hmm. and then he really rose. Mm-hmm. And that the catechism is going to like hammer this. Like this is a real event. Mm-hmm. This isn't like just like a cleverly concocted myth that the apostles hoodwinked everybody or it's not spiritually that, well, you know, it was kind of like his spirit just kind of lingered. Like, you know, sometimes ghosts haunt places. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Like mm-hmm. he, he rose according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Okay, so then the the next section is the historical and transcendent event. 639, the mystery of Christ's resurrection is a real event which manifests with with manifestations that were historically verified as the New Testament bears witness. Okay, so we can read about this. Again, we have already saying this. This section is saying this really happened. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Real event. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes on. Are you okay if I keep going? You want to keep chatting about 639? No, keep going. Okay. Then it goes on to basically talk about this historical event and why, why we have these, these proofs that this really took place, Mm -hmm. right? So first the empty tomb, the first element we encounter in the framework of the Easter events is the empty tomb. In itself, it's not a direct proof of resurrection. The absence of Christ's body from the tomb could be explained otherwise. Nonetheless, the empty tomb was still an essential sign for all. Its discovery by the disciples was the first step toward recognizing the very fact of the resurrection. So the empty tomb, first sign that, hey, something's different Yeah, where's his body? (laughs) Right. And that says a whole lot, because you think about how many people we know where they're how many important people mm. we know where they're buried. Mm-hmm. We know all the saints, right? We mm-hmm. know where Peter's buried. We mm-hmm. know where St. Paul's buried. We know where Abraham Lincoln's buried, right? Mm-hmm. All of these important figures, we know where they're where they're buried. And you think, of course, Jesus, we would we would know where, where mm-hmm. Jesus is buried. Mm-hmm. But we know where he was buried, mm-hmm. not where he is, because mm-hmm. he done risen. <laughs> he done risen. I saw a an image um not too long ago about all the disciples, how they died and then where they're buried. Mm. So just fascinating kind of on that same note sure. that you can go back with all of them. James the Greater was stabbed with a sword in 44 AD and his remains are at the same... Santiago de Compostela in Spain. That's exactly right. Yeah. You want to do quiz show? No, not for all that. <laughs> I don't know where um, they all are. Anyway, then it goes on. Thaddeus filled with arrows is in St. Peter's Basilica. Oh, give him Bar- Bartholomew. Oh, Bart. Right, Okay. Flayed alive. Right. Okay. Yeah. Skinned alive. Yeah. 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 It's brutal. And, and his remains are in St. Barth, Barth, Bartholomew Church in Rome. Paul. How, how did Paul die? Decapitated. Yeah. Right. Yep. Andrew, how did he die? Oh, uh, St. Andrew's cross. The, he was crucified on an X cross. That's right. That's right. Not an X wing. That's in Star Wars and that's something different. That's totally something different. Exactly. Um, and what about Peter? How did he die? Oh, he's on a cross upside down. Upside topsy-turvy down. cross. Topsy-turvy cross. That's right. Mm-hmm. What about John, the beloved disciple? Uh, he died of natural causes, right. but in exile. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Where are his remains? Uh, where are his? Are they on? Are they in, somewhere in Greece? Turkey? Turkey. The Basilica of St. John, Ephesus, Turkey. Yeah. That's right. That's a goal. One day I would like to go to Turkey. Okay. Yeah. And do like the footsteps of St. Paul and you hit all these kind of other mm. things somewhere along the way. Footsteps, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Who knows? I may never, may never go across the pond again. Sure. Who knows? Right. Who knows? But anyway, this is the point that we know. The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. We know where these men, how they died, where they where their remains are. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is right. the, the point. And like it says, that's not in and of itself. The tomb's, the tomb's empty, right? People mm-hmm. rob tombs from time to time. And mm-hmm. that could have been this too, mm-hmm. right? People rob King Tut's tomb, right? He's mm. no longer in his tomb. Mm. It's a weird example, but it's the only <laughs> one who's not in his tomb anymore that I could remember. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. So then it continues. There were re- appearances of mm-hmm. the risen one. Mm-hmm. It's not just it was empty. Mm-hmm. He was elsewhere. Right. So Mary Magdalene and the holy women who came to finish anointing the body of Jesus, which had been buried in haste because the Sabbath began on the evening of Good Friday, were the first to encounter the risen one. Thus, the women were the first messengers of Christ's resurrection for the apostles themselves. They were the next to whom did Jesus appeared, first Peter, then the twelve. 
Mm. Then this paragraph continues, 641. Peter had been called to strengthen the faith of his brothers and so sees the risen one before them. It is on the basis of his testimony that the community exclaims, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. So appears to the women, the women tell the disciples... And Mary Magdalene's role in all of this. I love mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene and watching her in the midst of all of this. And recently, what was it, maybe six years ago or so, Pope Francis elevated mm-hmm. the rank of Mary Magdalene's feast day from a memorial to a feast, mm-hmm. which means you sing the Gloria and then a new preface. So the preface is the prayer at Mass that's in between, like, the Lord be with you and with your spirit, lift up your hearts. with. And then there's a prayer, and then you get to the Holy Holy. So that in between mm-hmm. is called the preface. And that whole one is uh, entitled, like the. it's beautifully written. I don't mm-hmm. know whoever did it or if they found it somewhere, mm-hmm. but um, it's entitled The Apostle to the Apostles. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that's sent to those that are sent. So she's mm-hmm. the one that gets to go tell the good news to those whose like business is telling the good news. She's mm-hmm. the apostle to the apostles. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Um, July 22nd, you know, save the day, get to mass on that day. That's funny. Um, I was going to quiz show you when's your feast day. I knew <laughs> that. Nailed it. I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> Anyways, so Mary Magdalene, just all sorts of just goodness mm-hmm. and just so many incredible encounters and like astonishment mm-hmm. and trying to wrap your head around this in those encounters with Jesus mm-hmm. uh, that Easter morning. So mm-hmm. so we love Mary Magdalene, her great example, and how she seems to have gotten a bit more prominence just by Pope Francis elevating her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was just that's an exciting thing mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So. They recently found the city of Magdala. That's a whole different side oh. thing. But archaeologists like 10 years ago found the city of Magdala along the uh, Sea of Galilee. So that's like a huge archaeological discovery. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to... Shout out to Magdala right. and archaeologists. Who found it. Nice. Yeah. Right. I'm sure they're listening. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your report. Everything that happened during those Paschal days involves each of the apostles, and Peter in particular, in the building of the new era begun on Easter morning. As witnesses of the Risen One, they remain the foundation stones of his church. The faith of the first community of believers is based on the witness of concrete men known to the Christians and for the most part still living among them. Peter and the Twelve are the primary witnesses to his resurrection, but they are not the only ones. Paul speaks clearly of more than 500 persons to whom Jesus appeared on a single occasion and also of James and the of all the apostles. The, the this sentence here is a profound reality. The faith of the first community of believers is based on the witness of concrete men known to the Christians and for the most part still living among them. This reality that Christ doesn't appear to be in you to everyone. Yeah. But to, to those who he knew who was walking with him, who were journeying with him all those days, who were with him in the flesh, who were her alive at the time of his passion, and it's this this community of believers is based on their faith mm-hmm. in this witness. That's something. That is. And 2000 plus years later, there's still Christians who believe in this resurrection based on the witnesses of these because, apostles, these men. Yeah. Yeah. Because they first witnessed, Mm -hmm. and they were faithful, and then sharing it. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful that they were... Like, the Lord didn't appear to everybody, and he Mm -hmm. doesn't continue to, but he's entrusted it Mm -hmm. to people. He's Mm -hmm. entrusted to his church, Mm -hmm. right? And to those first first bishops. But their primary task is a witness. Mm -hmm. Their task is to say, we've encountered this, and now we have to... We're compelled to to share. And Mm -hmm. isn't that the way it should always be? Right. But I have one, like... 
Um, do you remember when Deacon Alex Dugas, he had his first, first masses at our parish mm-hmm. and, um, and he talked about the gospel according to John, the gospel that day, how, um, John ends it with, there are many other things that could have been written, mm-hmm. uh, but these are written so that you may have believe, have faith. And he lamented that like, why didn't we get that? Mm-hmm. Right, what, no more. Mm-hmm. Come on. This encounter that Paul mentions about 500 people that Jesus, the risen Lord, appeared to, that's the one I want. If I could ask for one more story, granted, I don't know what else is left out, sure. but uh, I would like that, okay. right? What was that like? How did he, like, was it everybody at once? Was it 500? And Like, where was all of this? I would have loved. You want the deets. I want the deets on that. Mm. At least a little bit more than just Paul, you know, like 50 years later saying, oh yeah, that happened. Mm. Wait, Wait, what? <laughs> and the the fact that Paul just says it so matter-of-factly mm-hmm. means it probably happened and, mm-hmm. like, everybody knew, knew about it. Right. Like, oh, yeah, remember he appeared to 500. Like, he's not concocting a story. He's mm-hmm. just acting like everybody knew because mm-hmm. everybody already knew. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, though. Yeah. I want the story. Yeah. So Great questions. Wow. Yeah, Ponder that the in I the want. life of your prayer. Okay. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Okay. So um, the next paragraph like has a bit more like explanatory stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, so from the very time of Jesus in the gospel of Matthew, there's the, the kind of the add on story of where the guards go to the, those that are in charge, they pay them off to basically say that his followers came and stole the body. And then Matthew gives that little side comment, like, and that's the story that's still going around today. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been all of these things of like, um, this is a concocted story, mm-hmm. right? Like the, People don't rise from the dead. Mm-hmm. And it's so incredible that there's no way it's true. So mm-hmm. it's like they're, the disciples are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, this like 643 talks about how they were demoralized mm-hmm. right, after Jesus risen from the dead. And everybody's being changed, right? Like people don't bounce back from being demoralized all at the same time in such a dramatic fashion and it being sustained Mm -hmm. for so long with a myth, Mm -hmm. right? Like that doesn't change people's lives, right? You can have a a, a thought that can kind of get you over a rough day Mm -hmm. or it can like kind of get things a little better, but things don't dramatically change unless somebody rises from the dead like Mm -hmm. that, from how low they were, Mm -hmm. right? And that's right. Like really these next two paragraphs, 643 and 644 touch on that. Just the reality of what we know about how the disciples were reacting during the passion and after Mm -hmm. the passion and even during the resurrection. They're still fearful, right? They're hiding behind locked doors even after the resurrected Lord appears to them. Like they're still still frightened and shook up and um, doubtful, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the reality that is before them. And yeah, like you're saying, you don't just overcome all that. Just one minute you're that way. And the next minute you're like, oh, wait, no, it's fine. It's totally it's true. Right. Yeah. Right? So if we and look to the reality of, of their behavior. Sure. Mm-hmm. And even the story is itself themselves of Jesus has risen from the dead. If they were making those stories up, mm-hmm. would there have been details that the disciples didn't recognize them? Right? Like if you're going to say, yeah. if I'm going to say somebody rose back from the dead and I didn't really recognize him at first until he did this or he said that or he said, put it, put your hand here. Right? Like mm-hmm. if I was making up that story, I would say, oh, yeah, it was Jesus. And we were all astonished and we were overjoyed to see him. If you're making that up, you don't mm-hmm. say, yeah, we weren't really sure who it was at first. Mm-hmm. We just thought it was the gardener. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you don't make that up. Right. You yeah. don't you don't make up stories that are that kind of like. um nebulous, but not nebulous, but just mysterious. Right. Right. If your lies normally have like 
little extra details because you're like over telling the truth. But this mm. one's like, yeah, we didn't really recognize him, but there he was. And mm. then he said this and we're like, holy cow, that was Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that just seems to be another reason why like this mm. is true. Mm. I love that too. Yeah. And that reality, like all of these details about how distraught they were, how much they were affected by it, how sure. downtrodden, how they didn't recognize him, how they were lost in their fear and their anguish, like um, that they, that there's really honest accounts mm -hmm. of that in the New Testament. Okay. Right. right. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, the very end of 644, on the contrary, or the hypothesis that the resurrection was produced by the apostles' faith or credulity. Could you, how do you pronounce that? Credulity. Thanks, ma'am. You got it. Will not hold up. On the contrary, their faith in the resurrection was born under the action of divine grace from the direct experience of the reality of the risen Jesus. So not only did something supernatural and divine happen in this resurrection of Jesus, who was once dead and is now risen, but in their own hearts to take them True from that. this place of fear, anguish, doubt, to the apostles we see in the acts of mm -hmm. the apostles where they are being persecuted. They are being put to the test. They are being locked in prison. They are being stoned, whatever they're, all these things are happening. And yet they continue to preach Christ crucified and risen from the dead. Like that change doesn't happen by something they've just made up. Mm -hmm. right? A cleverly concocted myth. As right. I think Peter or Paul says, mm. okay, so what's the conditions of Jesus risen humanity? Because that is fascinating, mm -hmm. right? Jesus. And so first of all, he, he wants to tell them that he's flesh and blood, mm -hmm. right? So he's he's eating a lot. You know, mm -hmm. he eats the he eats the baked fish. He uh, what, he makes the charcoal fish and the bread that was in mm -hmm. yesterday's gospel. Mm -hmm. And then he has direct com contact, right? He says, "Hey, Thomas, put your put your hand mm -hmm. right in my side," and mm -hmm. and he does. So there's mm -hmm. this like, okay, it's definitely physical, right? There's something physical mm -hmm. about Jesus's flesh. Mm -hmm. It's the same body that's tortured, that's crucified, right? He's still got nail marks. He's still got a wound in his side. Um, but it's different. Mm -hmm. It's not limited. The catechism says in 645, not limited by space and time, but able to be present how and when he wills it. Mm -hmm. So he walks through locked doors. Mm -hmm. uh, he just kind of appears. He vanishes in their midst on the road to Emmaus, right? He's just all of a sudden gone. Mm -hmm. um, but then he's there in the breaking of the bread, which mm -hmm. Eucharist. Um, <laughs> so it's like he's not bound by physicality. So mm -hmm. he's physical, but yet he's like living in a whole different dimension. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Christ's humanity can no longer be confined to earth and belongs henceforth only to the Father's divine realm. And for this reason, too, the risen Jesus enjoys the sovereign freedom of appearing as he wishes in the guise of a gardener or in other forms familiar to his disciples precisely to awaken their faith. Mm -hmm. So you can think about him, with Mary Magdalene in the garden. You can think about him on the road to Emmaus, right? And he's just, a, a. they think he's just a bystander who is oblivious to everything that happened, right? But he appears that way to awaken their faith. Right. I love that. Mm -mm -mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, continuing, Christ's resurrection was not a return to earthly life, as was the case with the raisings from the dead that he had performed before Easter. So this is different. It's not like when he when Lazarus, Lazarus was raised from the dead, right? Because Lazarus just returned to his regular earthly life and would eventually die mm -hmm. again. This is different. This is what this paragraph he is pointing no out. dies no more. Mm -hmm. Christ's resurrection is essentially different. In his risen body, he passes from the state of death to another life beyond time and space. Yes, okay. Right. Right. All right. All right, and then the last paragraph, 647, is about the resurrection as a transcendent event. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, O truly blessed, it starts off with the words of the exalted, O truly blessed night, sings the exultant, which alone deserve to know the time and the hour when Christ rose from the dead Mm. and the realm of the death, Mm. realm of death, Mm. which you think about that, there's no eyewitness of the actual moment Jesus rose from the dead. There's eyewitnesses of Jesus who has risen from the dead, but no witnesses, like nobody was sitting in the tomb while, when his body came back to life, Mm -hmm. which... That would have been something, right? If Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who are coming to see the Lord's tomb, they open the tomb, they go in there to anoint his body, and that's the moment he rises from the dead. But for whatever reason, in God's providence, he did, that was that was a little too personal, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, the only, only it's happening behind a, a locked door. He's just mm-hmm. nobody is a witness of that moment mm-hmm. for whatever reason. That's mm-hmm. that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no one can say how it came about physically, still less what its innermost essence, his passing over to another life perceptible to the census. Although the resurrection was an historical event that could be verified by the sign of the empty tomb, like we talked about, and by the reality of the apostles' encounters with the risen Christ, still, it remains at the very heart of the mystery of faith as something that transcends and surpasses history. Yeah. Yeah. Sure does. (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) Right. Hmm. This is why the risen Christ does not reveal himself to the world, but to his disciples, to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. Right. And this is a reminder, too, that our lives here are about faith mm-hmm. and not about certainty. Right. right. So there's a bit of that mystery in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like if we if we ever, you know, it's it's all these great mysteries of our faith, mm-hmm. the resurrection, the most blessed Trinity, the Holy Eucharist. We can say so much about them. We mm-hmm. can learn so much. There's so much that's in Scripture that the doctors of the church, the fathers of the church have reflected upon, but yet we're still at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. We're still at a point where we say that we stand before a mystery and just awe of, yeah, there's something here, but we really can't wrap our heads around it. It's not a science formula. It's not an addition mm-hmm. a math problem, mm-hmm. um, but it's the work of God in our midst. So mm-hmm. that is... Uh, jaw-dropping it is yeah and an act of the lord's mercy and for our better good yeah (laughs) he keeps us children before him you know Mm -hmm. it should anyway keep us children before him and admitting that we don't know we don't understand and anyway his mercy is in there right (laughs) in our but it beckons us on more right because we realize the vastness and the depths Mm -hmm. and like uh, you know we just get a little you would just uh, we pant for more right Mm -hmm. saint augustine's words Mm. so Mm. yeah that's good is that in his confessions? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good stuff. Okay. I panted for you, I believe, might be part of it. And you longed for me. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's real good. Yeah, you're going to be lost. All right. That's we real should, good. Yeah. We got to wrap this up. I gotta <laughs> Julia's go ponder, gone. I got to go ponder that for yeah. a few hours or the rest of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I looked for you outside, but you were inside. Mm-hmm. Looked for... The mm-hmm. Lord and yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're yeah. Well, yeah. You got to stop. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in there's a couple paragraphs while you're marking that off in the in brief here. Faith in the resurrection has as its object an event which is historically attested to by the disciples who really encountered the risen one. At the same time, this event is mysteriously transcendent insofar as it is the entry of Christ's humanity into the glory of God. The empty tomb and the linen cloths lying there signify in themselves that by God's power. Christ's body had escaped the bonds of death and corruption. They prepared the disciples to encounter the risen Lord. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where are you going? You eyeballing something up there? I am. We'll see what happens. 
Ooh, yep. already, already, already been there. Been, been there, there, done that. <laughs> oh, original sin, but not abandoned. Whoa. Okay, three ninety six to four twelve. Okay. So that, is that where you were? Aiming? No, that's okay. <laughs> were you even close? Huh? To where you're aiming? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just te- I'm just checking how accurate yeah. you are. I'm all right. I think <laughs> mediocre is what I would say. Hey, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4, was that what we ended on when last time we did the resurrection? Possibly. Possibly. It sounded familiar. But anyway, quoting St. Paul here again. I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. That's from Luke. 